This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, what's up, Delicious Faithful? Bruce Moore here to tell you about this week's sponsor, In the Wild Podcast, where you will find true and gripping tales of survival, tragedy, and triumph from the depths of the wild. From stories of murder hornets, assassin caterpillars, highway snow disasters, or prop plane horror stories, these short, real-life stories are interesting, relatable, engaging, and display humankind's amazing ability to overcome increasingly insurmountable odds and survive the unsurvivable. If you're like me and you enjoy real-life stories of triumph over tragedy, I suggest you head on over to visit our friends at In the Wild Podcast. That's In the Wild Podcast. You can find them wherever you get your podcast content from. Trust me, you won't regret it. My name is Ricardo Pereira. I'm the lead singer of Moonshade, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast. Oh, okay. Cool, man. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. My partner had to bail. He had something come up. So it's, you just got me today. <laughs> That's okay. That's perfect. It's going to be a nice conversation. It's going to be, be interesting. Yes. And I will tell you, I have been banging uh, the new single, Everlasting Horizons, like 20 times prepping for this video, that prepping for this uh, interview. That song is a banger. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, uh, it's, not, it's the least bit uh, single type song that we released so far it's a bit more proggy but i'm really glad to see people are enjoying it has the response um, been pretty good yeah sorry has the response been pretty good to it i think so i think so um every every response we had from these uh, singles that we've been releasing has been quite surprising actually because well we're unsigned and we still class well we are an underground band but right. every single that we released, we managed to get like in Spotify official playlists. People have been sending us messages, pre-ordering the album. It's been quite the ride because we're doing everything uh, by ourselves except PR, um, which uh, where it's uh, infecting sales uh, right now mm -hmm. with Keith Morach. But basically, and with booking, we have uh, um, our friend Nick Grimma, but everything else like merchandise and publicity, social media, whatever. Um, it's just us by it's ourselves. It's a lot of like, work, isn't it? It is. I want to kill myself. I <laughs> so I do the same sort of thing with the podcast. I mean, you know, I'm not on a big network either. We have lots of viewers, oh. but it's all just everything is done myself. It takes a lot out oh, of you. I feel it. It takes, it does. It does, especially the social media fatigue. Yes. It's, uh, I don't even, I don't pay any attention to my personal social media because I just, I just can't. And there's so many of them, right? Is. There's so many. Yes. Every time I turn around, there's another social media you got to try and learn. I can't keep up with them all. Yeah, I, I kind of tried, like, um, I tried TikTok for the band, and that's that's my limits. We just post, like, the videos similar to the ones that we post on Instagram, like, for the reels. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we don't usually, we, but we really, we, we still haven't gotten into the vibe of TikTok right. because it's it's very particular, and we're not really sure if it's you know, the right. general style of TikTok. If right. it's our thing, we're still exploring, trying to maybe find common ground. Are you guys? It's, it's different. Are guys, yes. Are you guys mixing and mastering yourself too? Uh, just recording. Um, our guitarists uh, recorded us in his personal studio, except, except the voice. And then mixing and mastering was by uh, Afonso from uh, Afonso Aguiar from Titan Forge Productions. He used okay. to play in our band, and he's a producer. Um, he also plays in an amazing band called Dark Oath, one of my personal favorites here in Portugal. And uh, he did an amazing job mixing and mastering the the album. Um, but us, we just uh, we just recorded everything and we edited everything so we can do what he does best in peace without having to do the the boring part, <laughs> which to <laughs> us is the, fun. What's the metal scene like in Portugal? I mean, obviously I know of Moonspell, but is it pretty good there? I guess it's particular because like it's it's a very small territory. It's a very small country. Um, we don't have a lot of bands like breaking through. We have some, for example, uh, we had Sinistro a while back that signed with Napalm, I think. And then we have uh, Garia, which just signed that just signed with Season of Mist. But that's all very, very recent uh, for a long time, like in the mainstream, like really mainstream. It's just Moonspell. Um, and but it does have a very rich scene in terms of we have tons of bands, which are mostly underground, but tons and tons and tons of bands for the size of this country. Uh, two, like we, we have uh, two, which I would consider major festivals in the area. We have Resurrection, which isn't in Portugal, but it's super close. It's in, it's in Spain, in Galicia. And then we have Voa here in, uh, here in Portugal that brings huge bands like, like bring, bring Me The Rise and Slipknot and okay. uh, Down and those types and then we have a bunch uh, of smaller festivals that bring from mostly mid-tier bands like the the, the Enciferums and the Watanes and the 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 the, 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 the I won't consider mid-tier but they are in the in Vagos Metal Fest for example um it's it's different because it, it has a lot of an underground vibe but we do it's very still very much alive and uh, we have a ton of fans and the big bands all uh, pass through here. So it's very particular. We don't have uh, the, the, the bands themselves are not exactly breaking through to the mainstream, except, especially at the, the Moonspell level. Right. But the scene is more light than, than ever. And it really managed to survive COVID. Uh, a lot of places closed, yeah. sadly. Um, the main issue here having a band is a place to play. It uh, used to be a lot easier, um, but uh, well, uh, just it is what it is. Uh, it's it's good enough that we still have some uh, some place to play in. Um, it, this apart from festivals, I'm talking about just venues. If you want to organize right. uh, a gig by yourself, but it's basically that. It's it's alive and it's fun, and we have great musicians, great bands. Right, perfect. So as we set the skies ablaze, I guess is a month from now, right? From release, like a month from today, yes. maybe. Yes, uh, practically, yes, a month from tomorrow. I'm very, very excited. This was a lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, and then some more blood. Um, it was fun. It wasn't heavy. Uh, recording our previous album was a bit heavy, like uh, in the, 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 
well, we were experimenting with a lot of things. It, it was the the first album. Um, we didn't knew much. Uh, the, the the people in the band were different. At least two people changed. Now it was a lot easier, a lot more organized, but still it was a lot of work, uh, despite being fun. So we're really excited to be able to show this to everyone because, like, we've been. It's it was basically the whole pandemic just working on this and just listening to the names of the the albums and the, the of the singles and the albums as we said the skies of blaze the skies of blaze taking care of everything the artwork the the, the mixing the mastering the um, just all of it and to finally be able to show everyone something that's been basically three years in the making three years of our lives like a lot of a lot changes in three years it's it's just amazing and we're kind of nervous we're hoping that people will like it um at least as much as they like the singles let's see yeah i hope so so are you guys planning on doing i mean obviously you're releasing the record but are you planning on doing the whole new single model where you're releasing like a single every six weeks or are you gonna just stay with the, the record like the old school way we're gonna do half half basically uh we will release uh five singles uh which uh, are like the basically the the five tips of the pentagram uh so two more singles coming up um with intervals of more or less like what six weeks and four weeks actually we have the next one since everlasting horizons is already three weeks old is coming out this friday oh wow um if i'm not mistaken um and then we have the last one with uh, a music video uh probably the best uh music video we've ever had coupled with my favorite moonshade song ever and i think the band kind of like reflects this vibe i think they really like the song a lot it's at least the favorite of two two more elements of the band um uh, it's going to be like our magnum opus uh just to show everyone uh our idea of what moonshade is and then just out comes the album and then you get to to listen to the whole thing. Uh, basically, we released um, five out of nine songs, so we have four more. Which there there are a lot of surprises in the songs that we left. Um, we left a bit of the more experimental part on the side. Um, the, the the singles, the bangers, the we chose to to release are a bit more in your face uh, except with the exception of everlasting horizons are a bit more catchy in your face and the rest is just like the weird stuff uh so let's see awesome when you're uh is there something you want your fans to take away from after listening to a moonshade record or in particular as we set the skies ablaze well that depends because um all of our records are are a bit different. We've been growing a lot and experimenting with different uh, themes, with different uh, ways to express certain moods. Um, fans that come up to me and talk about, example, uh, for example, the last record, which is Sunday Throne, it was a very conceptual record. It was basically a fantasy story. Um, it was an allegory, but it was fantasy. So they, they come up to me and they take a lot from the story itself and the characters are the God of nothingness and Lenore. And they, they ask us for like a sequel. And then uh, everybody was, well, almost everybody that really got into the lyrical part of the album and the whole world that the album created asked for a sequel. 
And so we came up with Azure Set the Schedule Blaze, which is exactly the opposite that they asked. Uh, but <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. It was just it just what came out. But as we said, the Schedule Blaze is different because it's I think people are gonna take something very different out of it. Because first of all, it's very rooted in the real world. It's not, it's not fantasy at all. It has songs about global warming. It has songs, I'm going to spoil you a bit. It has songs about the possibility of a nuclear holocaust. It has songs about uh, what it means to, 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 to grow as a species and to go beyond. It has songs about philosophy, about the homo deus hypothesis. It's just... Um, it's something that's real, that's palpable, that you can that you can feel. It's not just a fantasy story, and it's not vague at all. It has very specific concepts, which is completely different from everything we've done so far. We've been super allegoric and super like fantasy uh, oriented, but now we we just took a little bit of our at least my punk rock past and just injected it. And started talking about actually real things. So it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a completely different reception. What, what was the catalyst to change to make that change? Was it intentional or is it just happened? It just happened. Um, I'm very lucky to have people in my band that are very accepting of things of evolving, of writing about different things, not doing the same thing over and over. They actually embrace it and they ask for it. And so when I came up with the themes one by one, we always decide everything together. All instruments are are uh, analyzed and decomposed by everyone else in the band, and that goes for the voice and the lyrics. They were, they embraced it completely. They said it was amazing. Our two newest members, since they study um, phys uh, physics engineering, they were really receptive of the songs about science, about the, especially the ones that that talk about like the the nuclear holocaust. Because we went deep into the Manhattan Project, Robert J. J. Robert Oppenheimer, and all of that, and they were super hyped because of that. Because it's, oh, it's what they liked, it's what right. they, they studied. Uh, so, um, as so basically, it's 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 that I think. Um, the the catalyst was just us being well i won't say relaxed because it was during the pandemic but us being just like creatively active and receptive to each other like really respecting everyone else's ideas which is very rare in a band and i'm very lucky for that and they just let me take that that bone and run with it and they they were happy with the results and they really embraced it now they it's a vibe it's like it's not just my lyrics it's the band's vibe. It's right. everything. It's everything. It connect. It interconnects everything. So, so if you're writing about uh, real topics and almost current events, because I mean there is a possibility of nuclear shit going down with Ukraine now. But um, yeah, you we feel weren't aware of that when we wrote the song. Oh, <laughs> but do you so, feel? Uh, I was reading a lot of stuff about the subject. We recorded the song, and three months later, Putin starts talking about nuclear assault. I'm like. Uh, uh okay right uh that i'm rarely right about things and this is not the kind of thing that i like to be right about. right so <laughs> but yeah to was, my point was, though do you feel a sense of responsibility when the it's not fantasy anymore when it's real do you feel like a sense of responsibility to your fans yes and uh it, ma it makes it way more fun because it makes it like 
uh, you know, to, to to use layman's terms, it makes you feel like a big boy. Like you're you're actually writing stuff that might might have some impact. So you have to take responsibility. You have to study. You have to defend your opinion to because people are going to ask you about it, whether in whether fans or whether in interviews. Um, so it demands that you, well, inform yourself better, and to well have. I know that in metal, it's common that people say that we should be able to say whatever we want and that's true but my personal view about writing and about approaching certain subjects is that i really prefer having some responsibility uh as with regards to what i'm saying especially live um so uh that's the that, that's the that, that's the main that's the main point of it and it, it's way more fun because you get more educated you get more active and the the songs are more closely related to a certain point in time I will, it, it becomes like a like a timestamp of what was happening at that moment and right. even when you talk about grandiose subjects like global warming which is not going away anytime soon uh probably we're going away but um it, it's something that it really touches everyone deeply and that's the 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 other positive aspect of it i i get to feel a connection to everyone because these are not i'm just not writing about myself or just some right. story that i might uh, made up i'm i'm talking about stuff that affects us all and right. this might be just my opinion but it's something that connects us well, I have mine, he has his, you have yours, sure. But uh, since it affects us all, I think it makes it more, I'm not going to say valid, but more grandiose, yeah. more. You get to feel like that spirit of human connection that you usually feel in metal shows, in yeah, every metal festivals. So that's it. Do you, um? shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> you mentioned time capsule. And I think it's a, a great analogy. And I was talking to some other people today on other interviews this morning. Um, I think what we're seeing now is like a, almost an equivalent to what we saw like in the late sixties and seventies with the music being a political statement or a statement against the oppressions of and people's rights, all that stuff that came out of the sixties and the seventies. I think you're starting to see that now in, in music and in art and in literature, it's almost a, a reflection of it, right? Yes, yes, and I think, and I think that's just perfect. Like, I really resent people that say that music and metal. I saw this like in in forums and common threads all the time. Like, metal should stay out of politics. Like, the metal is literally, by definition, like, like the uh, the archetype of subversive music. Right. So, like, you can't really make subversive music without like stepping on a few toes and giving your opinion and just shouting out what you really think. Um, and I think that you can do metal about other things. Like you can write about dragons. You can write about fantasy. I did it. I like doing it. I like reading it too. Not the point. The point is that metal can be whatever you want. And the political side of metal has been forgotten like in my opinion in the ever since the um, rage against, ever since bands like rage against the machine stopped right. being a thing we kind of lost that beacon 
that or and Stamova Down, for example, they're incredibly political as well about especially about the Armenian genocide and everything. Um, we kind of lost that. And I think it was a, a very beautiful part of metal that it was punk in spirit. Right. And well, I like punk rock, so whoever likes punk rock, please don't 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 hate me. I, I'm also a fan of punk rock. <clears throat> I think protest metal is cool because it's it has that punk vibe, but the, the music is a bit more engaging to me right. because it's a bit more progressive. It's not as basic. It's, well, punk, I, I listen to punk rock as well, but I prefer metal because of that. It, it's, I think metal, when it's well made and well performed, it's better at expressing certain feelings, especially anger yeah. than punk because it's, well, the, the guttural vocals are just... You, are just the the most aggressive form of singing there is if right. you don't count like for example pig squeals or something like that right so that's the the best part about political metal and protest metal in and you you we've always had bands that did it but um i always felt like at least in the last 10 to 15 years it's been a bit touch and go bands didn't do it a band like testament released native blood and another band released another song, which was particularly right. like a protest song, but it wasn't like a thing. It wasn't a movement. But I think you're seeing really a lot of it now, that. though. I mean, you guys yes. are on it, but I think yeah. like, you know, Rob Flynn from Machine Head is really good at it. Soen's been really good at it. There's a there's a lot of really big metal bands that are starting to, mm -hmm. or maybe they're just getting noticed and I didn't know to, I didn't know it offhand, but there's a lot of people stepping their foot into that arena and saying, hey, you know, wake up, this is what's going on. Yeah. Yes, and I, I think that's amazing. And some bands really pushed that forward. I think one of the bands that was most seminal in bringing back the the activist side of metal was Gojira, for yes. example. Uh, they were incredibly important in showing that you can have a very big band, a very famous band, but... You don't have like to, to dress up as monsters and sing or sing about Satan or whatever. You can actually be political and think about the rainforest. Showed... Yeah, I, I don't think that we were we weren't actually connected within the sense that we didn't realize that the scene cared about these things. Right. And we slowly started to realize that people actually do care. So that's amazing because we care. So we started experimenting more. Uh, other bands opened doors for it, and then newer bands, for example, I don't, I don't consider Gojira to be a, a new band. They're, they're like at least twenty-five years old. I'm thirty. Right. So, uh, but for example, bands like uh, Code Orange, bands uh, like uh, like for uh, you have a ton of bands like in the beatdown scene and the core scene that bring that aspect also and i think that the 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 bigger bands doing it yes it's important but the best part is to see like the whole bunch like you said a whole bunch of newer bands like really getting into it and seeing that it's honest that they right. care that's cool yep. that's really cool and especially since i think even though there are you know political themes or whatever they're not necessarily rooted in one culture. They're kind of things that we're all experiencing here in the U.S., in Portugal, in wherever, Sweden. They're kind of universal issues. 
Yeah, that's the best part. And there are some some bands that talk about specific cultural issues as well, which are equally interesting, for example, and they use very specific cultural iconography now. That's another very fun part of most more recent metal. For example, Alien Weaponry. We get to see like Maori metal, which right. I saw that the first time and I'm like, this is this is amazing. Why is this the first time I'm hearing about it? Yeah. And then people like actually bringing their indigenous cultures. Here in Europe, we already did that for many years with folk metal and right. like bands like Enciferum and bands like uh, like uh, Elvite and just, uh, Corpiclani, just yeah. everything, like the whole role yeah. of bands. But then you get to see like different cultures. You get to see like Mesoamerican um, metal themed metal you get to see like even um uh bands i won't it's not exactly a metal band but for example the who which are very connected yeah, to the, the absolutely metal scene, uh, that do like mongolian folk slash rock they even have a song with the, the jacoby shedix from papa roach it's like yeah the, all of this to me is just amazing to see this bloom both in the the political side of aspect of, the, of metal but also in the cultural side that you get to see so many different cultures beside the European and American, which is which were the the leaders right. in in metal for and like think, at least thirty years. Yeah, and I think what you're mentioning there is even more interesting because the metal scene, or at least metalheads, are very welcoming and opening open arm to all these cultures. There's no, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm not listening to that because they're from I, I don't know New Mexico or they're from. There's a welcoming culture across the board in the metal world. I think there's more of an open mind and a a free spirit sort of thing if that makes sense i think so i agree there's also uh something that that's always confused me like you have some metalheads which are a bit conservative um that's always been super alien to me to right. a conservative metalhead that's like it's like it's like fucking for virginity that's super weird you right know? it's like why <laughs> why why would you listen to the most subversive music ever made and then just 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 be a bootlicker <laughs> right but overall <laughs> but overall i think metalheads are accepting and you can see how they accept like these uh, these novelty acts um that are deeply rooted in different cultural influences uh i think that that was a very beautiful sight to see and uh i think that the whole new generation of metalheads without no disrespect to the older generation but i think right. the um the newer generation has a lot more of female like women yeah, absolutely women's presence which is amazing uh poc uh just like people with different uh genders backgrounds cultural identities right and that really enriched the scene it it's it stopped having so many cliches yes. it was always this the same people look the same they sung the same about and nobody the same cares thing. if you're even your sexual identity i mean like the godfather of our genre is openly gay and nobody cares at all right <laughs> halford no, can I'm sing getting, like I'm anybody's getting. business and nobody gives a shit it's just part yeah. of that's why i said i think it's just, it's really nice to be part of this all-encompassing community if that makes sense and that's beautiful because that that's what music should do like even aggressive music it's supposed to like be an event where people get together and just just be happy together and enjoy right. the music and uh, i don't give, um, i don't give a fuck if you're black white chinese gay what, whatever you are i don't give a fuck at all i knock you over in the pit i'm reaching down to pick you up and we're going to go about it again 
but we got to pick them up because right. <laughs> that's the that that's the the the, the rule yeah the, the never yeah. the, the unwritten rules of the mosh pits cannot yes. be breached yes. for, in and <laughs> in any circumstance whatsoever they're more important than your country's laws right <laughs> so, yeah i think that's yeah, the amazing that's, thing that we're part of yeah, it's an amazing community. It's it's great to see it evolve. It's great to see that it's been here for so many years. Metal is so like it's a genre that's well, you got to give it credit because it's so um, it's not an it's not a, a very accessible genre of music to listen to for most people. Right. But it's been here for fifty years and it's still going strong. We have huge festivals. We have huge bands like. Uh, not at Sheeran level, but we have bands like with 10 million listeners on oh, Spotify, yeah. bands like Slipknot, Bring Me the Horizon, and whatever, and Gojira, and, and just a shit ton of smaller bands and rich underground scenes in countries that you wouldn't expect it yeah. to be. And there are like countries like even Azerbaijan, is, as I've, I've heard great bands from Azerbaijan lately, like even Africa, Latin yeah. America, just it's beautiful it's it's a worldwide phenomenon that it's it doesn't stop and i hope it doesn't stop because like it's super fun yeah, it's so absolutely. fun I, I don't i don't get it like uh, when some metalheads like take this so seriously like especially like the most gatekeeping type of uh, of um of metalheads that i are, are so serious about this and are so like metal should be like this and metal should be right. this and you're not part of the scene and name three bands and the name of the lead singer's cat like this dude just Joy. right and chill this, out this is beautiful just yeah chill out zen listen 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 to the anger like you you're paying him to be angry on stage so you don't have to be right <laughs> <laughs> you're right that's beautiful so anyway let's tie this back into moonshade because we're running out of time what's next for you guys well we have a few shows coming up we have uh laurus nobilis which is a uh large festival in our country um we're playing the same day as orphan land and at the gates so that's going to be nice. amazing yeah one of our favorite bands um and we also have like another festival here in portugal in august with then we're going to start seeing the possibility of doing some international dates meanwhile the the album is going to be released and we still have a lot more content for everyone we have music videos we have behind the scenes we have uh, just just everything um a bunch of cool stuff even after the album comes out and we're gonna see if we can do a little uh visits to certain countries just to see how everyone uh is being uh, is receiving the the new album and, and yeah that's it we're just gonna promote the hell of it uh we're gonna promote the hell out of it we're gonna play as much as we can and start thinking of our next release because well this album uh it was very much written. Well, 70% of it was written when our new members joined. So we want to give them an opportunity as fast as possible. Like the, our drummer, the drums were already made when he entered. So he made the, the, the orchestrations, our guitarists. Uh, well, the, the songs were basically written. So he mostly contributed to solos and some riffs. So we want to write with them like from the start, from scratch, because they're amazing musicians. They right. both have another band called Face Transition. It's a progressive metal band. Um, and uh, we really want the experience of doing something from scratch with them and seeing how people react to it. Nice. Um, so we're going to start thinking about our next release as well while promoting the hell 
out of, as we said, Skies of Blaze. Perfect. And if fans want to find you, Moonshade everywhere? Everywhere. It's Spotify. Uh, we're we are on YouTube. We're on uh, all social media, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just streaming services, all of them, everything you can imagine. And, uh, well, that's it. And we have an official website. You can visit us on moonshadeofficial.com. And we update it regularly with things that you might want to 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 read if you're interested in the band. We also have a blog on that website called The Oblivion Pages, where we put some like exclusive content, uh, talking about lyrics, talking about the the experience of recording, just, just a bit of everything. So just knock yourself out. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. I hope that wasn't too bad. I know we meandered quite a bit, but I just like to chat. So. <laughs> No, I love meandering, man. It was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Good luck with the record. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Good luck with the podcast. Thanks. I'll be listening. All right, great. Bye. Later. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.